I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, back in the locker room, hour two, power hour. <laughs> We're going to take you up to the noon power o'clock. Hour, yeah, okay. Power hour, baby. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, m- midday power hour. It's okay. more so like, you know, heading to lunchtime power Sounds hour. good. Sounds good. You know, it's, it's like you got to work hard to get, 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 the, uh, get, get the union mandated break time. It's usually <laughs> midday. But, uh, but how about this? So during the break, one, one, of, one of my good buddies uh, uh, was listening to the show. Okay. Uh, you and I both know Keith. Uh, he's the cameraman extraordinaire. Um, capturer of live motion video archives yes. for our viewing pleasure for CBS. Yes. He was the one that actually caught that uh, that hard talk conversation. Oh, really? By Bienemy and Mahomes on the sidelines. So you know, I have to throw a little love out there to Keith. That and give just, you any you know, in, any insider info on it. Well, I mean, he's the, he's a the camera guy, and you know, and and they were talking about how he was just. You know, he was very upset that uh, that entire drive about the selection. And, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes kept it very diplomatic in the postgame um, interview <laughs> when he was talking about, you know, um, how he uh, – what was it? it? He he wanted to run an extra play before half, but because they had the ball coming out in the second half – Coach Bienemy was like, hey, let's get in the locker room, let's get an adjustment, and let's dial up some stuff and just create um, some plays so that we can string together coming out of the half. Let's get out of this half and go in, was what Patrick Mahomes said. The visual capture of said conversation looked a lot differently than what was translated to us. <laughs> yeah. um, so we appreciate the candid view Um of that, and and let me just tell you, if you're if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, um, you know you have to be worried about because that was that was not a normal look. That was not a normal look for our friend Patrick Mahomes, who always kind of focused, steely reserve, you know, and and kind of just focus on the task, just going out there and just 
getting the job done. There, there, there was some anger in those eyes. There was some anger. There was, right. there was some pain infliction in those <laughs> eyes when he was, when, uh, when he was caught um, in that moment. But you know, this just goes to show you that anybody can be beaten on any day, given day, because you would have thought this was a crash course, uh, cla- crash collision course for the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs to meet in the AFC Championship game. Like it was written, but. I mean, both these teams had some hard losses, like you said, and three points or less losses in this contest. And, you know, the opponents, you know, the Colts looking for their first victory of the season who got shut out a week ago by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who look legit so far in this season, um, to then coming in and, and coming out and beating the Kansas City Chiefs, what a change in fortune between one week to the next. And then, of course, the Miami Dolphins continue the red-hot streak of beating quality competition. You know, you look at the week one victory against the Pats. You look at that week two surprising victory against the Ravens, Mm -hmm. which it looked like just one team won. The other team did not lose. They just did not win um, the way that that game was going. Uh, Baltimore was steadily in control, and then Miami comes and overtakes them at the end. And then, you know, now the Buffalo Bills game. I mean, that, that, that's a pretty good – some pretty good notches on the belt early on for this uh, this Miami Dolphins team and Mike McDaniels-led team uh, now at the helm. You know, two division wins already. So, I mean, so it just goes to show you, th- this is going to be an incredible race. And then think about this, the Denver game, Wolf. Mm-hmm. And how that just came down to just a freaky vintage Russ Wilson last-minute drive to really win it. Um, the NFL, I tell you what, from from week from week from week to week, it, th- this is the parody that we love, and this is why you know it's tough to just sit there and peg a team and say, "Oh, they're anointed," because. There's people on the other side of the ball that have something to say about that. Well, absolutely. My old teammate, Ray Penny, used to always say, hey, look, those guys over there, they're on scholarship too. Meaning there's a reason why these guys are here. They are pros. You don't get to this level accidentally, and you don't stay at this level accidentally. I mean, it's something that it's a a week in, week out. You've got to prove yourself day in, day out, actually. That's just the way the nature of the beast it is, it, you know, you are who you are, and, you you know, that's just part of the, the whole situation that you deal with. you got to come along and prove yourself all the time. And for the Steelers, that's going to be something important coming up. You know, I'm sure that they, they you know, you kind of take a look. When you have a break like that over the weekend, they, they do a little bit of self-scouting. You know, you kind of take a look at yourself. And there's there's some things that, you know, you you, you got to kind of look at, for instance, the expectations. Do you know what I mean? Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing, Max. That I, I think a lot of people don't don't realize that when Ben was Ben, okay, through his 18 years, the running game got it was kind of overlooked. You know, it, it, towards the end, you know, you had nice balance early on when you had the Lev Bell thing going on and all that. You know, the, during that period of time and so forth, he had Bussy early in his career. All that. I mean, there's there was a lot, a lot of period of time where the running game and the passing game were you know, relatively even. But then as, you know, the the offensive attack started to get more to these RPOs and the quick throws and the throw short, run long type of thing, 
Well, it started to change, and Ben was the offense instead of leading the offense. And right now, Mitch has got to lead the offense instead of being the offense. There's a big difference between, and I'm not saying this disparaging Mitch, but when you got a future Hall of Famer and he steps away, you can't simply run the same sort of stuff and expect the same sort of results that you had when you had seven in there. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a team that, you know, you can't look at last year and glean into this year, right? Because last year's team's not this year's team. right? And for for Mitch, Mitch has to create his own identity within this team, right? And he has to put his own specific stamp. Yes. Obviously, before time has run out and, you know, when Kenny Pickett has his opportunity, it has to be their own. It can't be I'm trying to fill the shoes of, right? Mm-hmm. I have to put on a brand new pair of shoes. And I have to walk I have to walk this journey myself. Nobody's gonna walk it for me. And when you're thinking about, you know, there's there's no excuses. I don't think Mitch makes these excuses, but uh, you know, you have to kind of look and figure out, hey, what do we do well and let's try and increase that? Or what do we not do and see if we do well or not. And that, that I, you know, and, and I just I come automatically to attack in the middle of the field. I don't right. think we do it enough. I don't think we have 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 had as many opportunities. I do say this: I did like the fact that Mitch was being aggressive in in, in the Thursday night game against Cleveland. Absolutely, like trying to do some things to attack, and because I think that's what led to a George Pickens play. You know that that led to some Pat Fryer move plays to get things going. And I'll tell you what. I really like Jalen Warren. Just gonna say it, Wolf. Oh, I, I'm, I really I'm like with you. him in there. If you you know, if you read Dale Lolly had a great article he wrote on Jalen Warren and how this young man has overcome so many obstacles, and it's on Steelers.com. If you go there, you can read it. And it, it really kind of um highlights the career of Jalen Warren, how he's overcome obstacles at every point in time, whether it was Utah State or whether it was Oklahoma State or high school ball, how he kept being overlooked. Everybody said in high school that his offensive line was so great that, uh, you know, despite the fact that he had numerous times uh, gone over 200 yards rushing and and set state school records for rushing and touchdowns, um, they overlooked him. He wasn't even offered. They always said, ah, oh, the offensive line, yeah. He's, you know, uh, Jalen is, uh, what, he's 5'10", 205 at that point or whatever. He's not fast enough. He's not, But he keeps he keeps popping up. He keeps making plays. He keeps showing when, when the lights are on. And I find that fascinating because of the fact of the hard road he's gone. But he just refuses to be overlooked. It's not that, you know, I, I'm not disappointed at all in Najee Harris. But, you know, this kid, Jalen Warren, has fought his way into taking uh, a, a percentage of reps. I mean, he's really battled his way into that productive standpoint that he can say, yes, I'm, I'm here to take some reps off of uh, Najee Harris, and it's good for Najee. I was of the opinion, you know, go ahead and run Najee, you know, until the wheels fall off. But, you know, this kid, Jalen Warren, keeps popping up and saying, no, I, I, his play says, and it shouts, I deserve reps. So I find it interesting and in how they're going to start to piecemeal this together because it's like you said, you, you identified it early, Max, always falling forward. This kid is always doing something productive. And the only thing he's done in, in a negative sense 
over the last how many times we've seen him throughout since uh, preseason is the fact that he fumbled. Okay, and he's got to, you know, that's fate. That happens. But the fact is, this kid has played himself into reps. Yeah, no, he absolutely has. And like you said, I mean, I think battle is is the perfect uh, word to use to describe Jalen Warren. Because even in that game, I felt like he came and he gave a spark. Right, Wolf? When he entered the game on Thursday night. Right. Like the way that he just ran. And it was aggressive. It was angry. It was decisive, and it kind of gave a look. Kind of gave a little juice to the offensive line. Like, hey, we could come off. This dude's going to be right on our butts if we don't. Right. And we need to make something happen. And you just saw him kind of just make that decision and just stick it. And also, I think, and I think that permeated throughout the rest of the offense. I think when you can have that type of change up and kind of have that little impact and that little burst where it just sets everything right. Um, it, it, it's just, it's good for everybody to refocus. Um, you know, the one thing I just, you know, I know the drives were short in the second half, but I was like, man, didn't get to see enough Jalen in the second half. I mean, I would love to have seen him get about three or four more carries in the game. Um, especially in that second half. Cause I felt like he could, he could have made a difference in, in the contest as far as just the mentality and the aggressiveness. It just, it, it was, it was just a noticeable shift. And I was like, wow. I was like, I, I didn't even realize it you know, until you're watching it, like, man, they're, they're coming off a little bit harder. They're doing a little bit different. Najee, when he came in right after that, the cap off that drive mm-hmm. with the touchdown. Right. When he ran over John Johnson, oh, I man. felt like that was, a, that was a direct reflection of kind of what he saw in that drive already from Jalen Warren. And he was like, you know what? The little engine that could was cutting. <laughs> and so let me, let me make sure I come out there and do my best could and don't leave any doubt and make it make it a should and will and uh and he did that and that's essentially what kind of propelled the Steelers forward in that first half there's no question in my mind look any anybody is capable of giving a spark a guy like Jalen Warren is capable of putting a big spark in there we've seen it that 34 yard run or 36 yard run or 37 I don't even know what it was but it was the one that uh uh, Chooks uh, got called for going downfield early which I thought was really a horrible call but anyhow, uh, that that was huge. If that had stood up, that would have been that could have been a turning point in the game right there. And he's capable of delivering that just about at any time. I mean, this kid really has some, um, I don't know, just an ability to run that ball in an unusual way. And it's fascinating to watch him go. And the fact is, when you read again his life story, it kind of fills in a lot of the blanks surrounding this player. Because you start to understand that his desire, his desire for 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 being as good as he can be, is maybe the thing that separates him from a lot of other guys. You know, because you have to have an overwhelming desire to go out and do the things that he did. I love the one part where Dale put in the story that there was a picture taken on the football field uh, when he was in college, and he's the only one wearing a helmet. <laughs> And, and his high school coach said, why are you wearing a helmet? And he said, because you always told me when you're on a football field, you always wear your helmet. And, I mean, the fact that he'd do that even in a team picture, I thought was interesting to say the very least about a guy who really pays attention to the details of what he's, he's, he's been told. You know I mean? That, it really says something about the nature of this young man. Takes well to coaching is, yeah. uh, is kind of that that's, underlying that's true. theme. And, and and like you said, I mean, it, 
it's been a positive since he's been on this team and since we've seen I mean, literally since the first day of pads uh, back in training camp. I mean, he has just popped on film every day, whether it's backs on backers, whether it's a great cut in the yes. run period, whether it's a swing or a halfback screen in the team period. Like the kid takes it full advantage of every opportunity that's given to him. And you could see him reaping said benefit because of the fact that he just won't be denied. I mean, right. that, that's, that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. He just won't be denied. No, he and that's why. He, that's why, And that's why we gave him the nickname always falling forward. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so. Well, we're going to fall forward into the next – into the next uh, block segment. I hope you stay with us. You know, how do you – there's no way to scheme your way out of a butt whipping. So what do you do? Well, stay with us because we'll talk about it and kick it around when we come back. More SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got the job done, but uh, I look inward um, and we need to be a lot better. Well, there you go. That's Captain Cam and he's laying it on the line. If you could catch some of the further comments that he made, a lot of it had to do with the fact that we were, meaning the Steelers, were physically dominated in the offensive line that, that Chubb had his way, and he did. It was the Cleveland fighting Chubbs that really did a number on the Steelers, especially in the second half when the Steelers' offense went three for three and three and outs uh, in a row, and then the, uh, the the fighting Chubbs went to, what, a couple of 80-yard drives or you know double-digit numbered uh, drives uh, as far as uh, plays. So, I mean, the fact of the matter was, Nick Chubb was really a problem for the Steelers' defense. 113 yards rushing in the physical play of the offensive line of the Cleveland Browns was superior to that of the Steelers' defensive line. And that's, to me, Max, here's the problem. You cannot scheme or create schematics when you're being physically whipped. It, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it just, whatever you want to do, unless somehow you can sneak extra bodies out there past the 11-man limit, it's not going to help you at all to scheme your way out of a, a team that is physically taking the, the physical aspect of play to you. Well, I, th- I think when you look at it, Wolf, it's, it, it, it's about establishing a mindset. And the Steelers' defense did a great job in the first half, right? right of really minimizing that, but then – the second half happened, and the Cleveland Browns did not stop. And the mix of that with some of the play action that they had because Chubb and Hunt were both running effectively, it allowed for a lot of those kind of dump-style plays, right? The David Njoku's I talked about at that one point. Right. You know, also some of the in-routes by Cooper um, and Donovan Peoples-Jones and Harrison Bryant, just to name a few, like – they were very involved in this entire process. And then even, you know, even as we, as we look at what the, what the defense kind of changed schematically to get ready for, you know, life without TJ as it stands right now, right. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those that once you start getting a beat on it, because there's only so many things you could do and only so much personnel you could run out of 11 
and even in the 12 personnel to where you have to start, you know, winning the one-on-one battles. And you I thought to. at moments we, we, we won them, mm-hmm. but when it came to the totality of it, they got guys blocked at the right moment. And, and, and Nick or Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt found the right alley lane running that inside zone scheme and would either, you know, wait for the backers to over-pursue and then cut it back or – Backer backs was slow or backers would slow play it, and then he would just be patient behind his offensive line because he knew somebody was going to come and pick him up, and then they dart through once second level had been touched. So it was just it was a great game plan with great personnel by the Brownies, and uh, you know, I think that that when you look at it, I mean that that's essentially what won them the game was being more efficient than you know what what we could what we could muster up. Well, there's no question in my mind. Look. This game really started to get out of hand roughly with the, the fourth possession, even the third, because they scored. But they went seven plays, 60 yards, and scored a touchdown. But then they went the next four. They went 12 for 80 yards or 79, 9 for 57, 14 for 80, and 11 for 80. And that it's at that point the Steelers at the same time were going three three and outs. And really, without T.J. Watt, as the offense goes, so does the defense at this point in time until they kind of figure out what they want to do to overcome the loss of T.J. Watt, which is, is so very difficult because you've, he's been such a big part of your defense and you've built so much of your defense around his superior play to take advantage of all the great things that he's capable of doing. But at the same time now, physically, you've got to, you know, again, the schematics are going to be pretty much the same. You're going to vary some things obviously, and maybe it's it's kind of like the Miami Dolphins, kind of maybe you got to start blitzing a little bit more rather than the four-man rush that you have been uh, – you've built with, uh, you know, the, the primary guys that you have out there because of the fact you have a T.J. Watt. But at the same time, it's it's – each guy has to look inward like Cam is talking about. Look, there's no way just by schematics. you got to absorb or personally understand where you fell – short in your your contribution to moving the rock down the field personally whether it's offense defense or special teams then you got to kind of I always like to marinate in the pain a little bit you understand it you know what it is and you take it as it is and that becomes you turn the pain into gain and you use that to fuel the desire to get better the extra work whether it's in the film room whether it's staying out after practice the raising your level of, 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 you know, develop your skills in practice, what have you. But it's up to each and every man to raise his level of play. And I think that in there is, is going to be huge. Just like Cam said, you got to look inward. You got to see who it is that's staring at you back in the mirror. Well, and, and you've got 10 days to really focus on this, right? Yes. You've got 10 days to kind of stew, marinade. Yep replicate, redo, reimagine, or continue to sharpen. You know, I think that's the other advantage about playing on a short week um, is you got the weekend to kind of clear your head, and then Monday you realize, hey, we are on to the Jets. What can I do to be the best version of myself when when I encounter the next opponent? And that next opponent's coming into Acrisure. It is an opponent that yields a similar face that we're used to in Joe Flacco, uh, just a different team and a different 
potential outcome for how that goes, but it's going to take some, it's going to take a really, really hard look this week. Like looking at what can we do? Do you know, should I have escaped backside instead of trying to press it front side? Mm -hmm. Right. How do I keep my gap integrity? This is all defensive stuff. And then offensively, you know, what is my running back looking at when I open a hole? You know, what does he need to see? What does he need to feel comfortable with on a visual when he gets the ball that tells him keep it front side or, oh, man, you better cut it backside or else it might not happen. Like, you need to know all of those things and you need to go back and watch that film to understand that. And it's not about watching the film to belittle yourself or to truly what we call, you know, parsing of the time. Parsing. But you need. <laughs> yeah, but you, but you need to but you need to really have a critical lens when you go into that. You know, it, it's not about what you learn in victories; it's about what you learn in the losses that make you prepared for the next opportunity. Because you don't get many of them, right? This isn't baseball where you got a hundred plus games. This isn't basketball where you got eighty. Hockey seventy plus. No, you you you've got now fourteen more opportunities. That's it for this year. So please make sure that they're on top of it. You know, my thing to them is it's just clean up the things and do what, do your job to the best of your ability, you know, and don't leave your buddy. Those are, those are, those are my three things. But the hallmark of those is going in, watching yourself and being critical and honest with yourself when you watch that film. Absolutely. You know, and (laughs) that honesty thing is tough. Because sometimes, you know, you you can see it. It's right in front of you, you know, and you can't hide from the boys. You're the peer pressure in the room. You know, whatever happened physically out there, you know, everybody else is watching the same thing. And they're understanding what's going on. And so it's, as I said, to me, it's always about marinating a little bit and then fueling your desire to change things. And that's where... To me, that's what uh, a pro does for longevity. That's how you turn it around is always having that desire, that, that Jalen Warren desire not not to be denied, to always be working on your game, to try and to pick things up. And they really, literally, this is what they're going to have to do because there's no other way. Other, other than that, uh, other than that, you got to change players, you know, and you, you, there's only so many NFL starter-capable players on each team, and I know that you know everyone says it's a starter and waiting, and that's the mantra that you got to have mentally uh, when when somebody goes down. But the fact of the matter is, there, there's a reason that T.J. Watt is as great a player as he is. There's a reason why T.J. Watt gets paid all that he gets paid because he produces all that he produces. If you can show me somebody else that can produce more, these are going to be paid more. All right, I mean that's the simple matter of it. Well, and and it's 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 about that that leadership, you know, hearing from Cam and hearing him say that. You, I mean, when you hear him say it, Wolf, I mean, don't you don't you right. believe it? Oh yeah, right. And, yeah. and it makes you want to be better because you know it comes from a guy who's like a big brother to you in that locker room. Absolutely. But as, as much as Cam gets testy in training camp when it comes to one on ones, when it comes down to just brass tacks leadership, like that. that Cam's a bona fide leader for the squad. Right. And he's a guy who has crossover appeal where he can go talk to the offense as well as the defense and can float between the two um, as a leader. And, his, of course, his teammates voted him as a captain. But that that's captainly things. He's doing captainly things in those moments 
and hopefully the rest of the team take notes and just falls in line. You know, especially if you're a young guy, it's like you don't know what you don't know. So just just follow 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 the head man through this, and and it'll be rewarding if you follow these instructions. You know, and and Cam's laying it out. It's just simple. You've you've got to have that self critical aspect about yourself, even if even if you know you're you're trying to be a leader yourself and find your own voice, mm-hmm. right? Let those actions, let those deeds um, continue to be fostered, but don't undermine in the process or don't try to think, you know, I have this way and this is the only way I'm going to do it. It's like, no, this is a team. Let's work together. And I think the squad has the, has the DNA to be able to do that. Well, they're, they're going to have to. I mean, you know, that, and I do believe that. I mean, that's been part of the Steelers' culture since I arrived way back Oh my goodness, 42 years ago. And that was extended way before me by the great players of the 70s and so forth. Um, that, it's simply about taking on that responsibility uh, to yourself and to your teammates. Look, the NFL stands for not for long. If you're not productive, if you're not producing, if you're not ever on that going uphill, you know, increasing your game, you're going downhill. And that means that the clock is ticking on how long you're going to be around. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's oh, yeah. this this league waits on nobody. Tick tock, tick tock, yes. tick tock. I mean, because you're looking at that. I mean, that it 3.4 years that puts the average age at about 24 and a half years old, 25 and a half years old. Wow, that's not a lot of time. Nope. You think about the life after that. It's uh, yeah. You know, don't say life expectancy. T- <laughs> Well, not, career length, career yes. length, not life expectancy. Thank you. Uh, but, but I mean, but the, it's the NFL life is what I'm trying to get to. Right. Not life in general. And it, that, it's not the end of the world, but take every advantage as though it's your last because you don't know when it's going to end. Absolutely. And you don't know when, you know, the next opportunity will come. So seize the current opportunity, you know, Nobody can say that they are just safe at their positions. There is pressure. There is pace. There is intent behind a lot of different guys. So even if you are that guy for right now, you might not be that guy for too long. <laughs> and you need to be prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my mom reminded me of a story last week, Coopy, right? You know, and she said, I remember yeah. sitting in the chair. She says she was down after a game and I'm sitting there and, I don't know what it was, but I guess I was in deep thought. And I turned to my mom. I said, "I think, I think I'm totally unprepared for life after football." <laughs> oh my God! Wolf. You know that moment when you're you're like thinking yeah. about the future. And you're like going, "What am I gonna do after this?" You know, I mean, it, it, it yeah. does crop up. It does crop up. Well, I mean, and, and here's the thing, and, and guys, you know, when it happens unexpectedly, or you know, it it, it it's time, right? You're like, okay, well, what did I set up, you know, to be able to just walk right in after I'm done? Nothing. Go, you know, go sit down and figure out what it is. Go, go, go figure out what your passion is, right? Right. Go figure out what your interests are, your hobbies. And then go look and see, hey, can my hobby or interest <laughs> pay off? <laughs> Well, that's why Ricky right? Williams did, couldn't couldn't go across country and be a yoga instructor. You know? 
That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, he found his passion, and now you know he's technically is no longer Ricky Williams. He's whatever his wife's last name is. Um, he changed his last name, and so he's still he's still searching for his passion. Um, there you go. But 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 it, it is one of those things where if it is sports, if this is your passion, pour everything into it. Oh yeah. You, Put you, your heart and soul into amen. it, and don't leave any doubt Preach at the, the end choir. of the day. Yeah, exactly. So there is no regret. Yeah, there is a. There is no, you know, leaving something in the tank. It's like, no, the tank got emptied. We we are done, guys. We are done. The, the 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 truck has stopped on the road, and I don't have a gas can. So what are we gonna do? As the great <laughs> Apollo Creed said to Rocky Balboa, "There is no tomorrow." All right, that's it. It's yeah. today. What are you gonna do today? There you go, Max. We're gonna st- step aside, take a break. I'm gonna jump in because I got something I want to ask you when we come back, and then I, you need to close out the show, brother. All right, you're the, the show closer there. All right, so, sending in a lefty, sending yeah, in a lefty in relief. We're, that's it. We're, <laughs> we're doing that. So we'll be back with more, folks, because we want to just have a little look and see. Have the Steelers finally found their unicorn? Well, we'll talk about it when we come back. SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the turn and the zone handoff. And look out, there's a stuff going on. When I say stuff, Joe Mixon runs in to Miles Jack, the seventh-year linebacker out of UCLA and former member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, after five years, Max, have the Steelers finally found their unicorn. And, of course, Ryan Shazier was the original unicorn, and of course, and, you know, he had the spinal cord injury. We all know the story of that and his marvelous uh, comeback from it. But the fact of the matter is they're still looking for that man to replace him in the middle. And they, they tried several. They had uh, Joe Schobert, Mark Barron, John Bostick, Avery Williamson. But nobody has quite filled the bill until now and miles jack has come along and recorded three double digit tackles uh in i'm three games in a row of double digit tackles not seen since the days of james farrier um this guy seems to be pretty legit yeah miles jack has has been a pleasant surprise and i mean literally fit into the culture here with the steelers immediately the personnel and like you said he brings a brand of football that we've been searching for right we've been looking for that guy who can be the do it all back right. um at the linebacker position and of course he was a former running back so i think that i think there is something to be said for that crossover experience yes but he can plug he can cover he can defense he can break up he can do it all and i think that's something that we've We've kind of been missing that kind of that kind of guy in the middle that can that 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 can plug gaps and also you know cover up some boo boos, and he's a guy who can get guys in boo-boos. place. Well, well, wait, boo-boos. wait, boo-boos. Listen, 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 I got kids. Okay, I got young kids and their girls, and we we use the word boo boo. You yeah, know, when you get a boo boo, gotcha. yeah, exactly. Is 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 that is that the one in the pants? It's it's like no, no, no. it's like a cut or a bruise or a right. bump or something. You know, it's a boo boo. It's a boo boo. So so he you know so Miles just he he fills he supports and I think that that's one of the key 
you know, characters. There's there's a longstanding history with the Steelers and that and that position, right? The middle, the yes. man in the middle, or as we've come to call them, the green dot. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the green dot guy as of right now, and I think that is that's a very important position. And Miles Jack came in and he fit right on in with Bobby Spillane and Devin Bush, and kind of made that three man weave a possibility and a reality. And you know that there's there's a big difference when he's on the field, especially in those rundown situations. This guy could see and has vision to be able to predict what a running back is going to do in, in, in a lot of situations. And if it's a bounce, he knows how to fill over the top. If it's a, you know if it's an A gap or a B gap dive, he knows how he knows how to how to plug. And I think that that that's something that's very important. And you know, like you said, he's just racking up tackles. I mean, him and Minka. I feel like they have like some side bet going about who can get more tackles this season. <laughs> like that's just because they're both just tackling machines and they seem to be everywhere all at once. Now it's letting that play rise the play of everybody else around them. That's the next step. Well, he's that's recorded the next phase. Exactly. He's recorded 10, 13 and 12 tackles in the three games. He's on the field for 212 of 240 snaps and in comparison, uh, Devin Bush has been on for a 100, 137 of 240, and, and, and uh, Robert Spillane, 81 of 240. Um, in coverage, Jack hasn't allowed more than a 10-yard reception, so those are all fine stats. But I think it's it's kind of like bringing a sense of, uh, okay, we got somebody in the middle that can do, roll with this thing. He's dependable. But I think it's also he's setting a pace that Devin Bush is – Seemingly, in my mind, watching the two together, uh, he has provided some sort of spark to Devin to overcome whatever it is that Devin was having issues with, which could have been the knee injury, could have been the residual thing of you know, not just not playing up to the level that he he's accustomed to. But to me, there's been a commensurate rise in the play of Devin Bush and going along with Miles Jack. Yeah, no, I mean, it, once again. I mean, I think this is like a prime example of, you know, having another guy in the position that elevates you. Mm. We talked about with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, right? Right, right. Uh, On the offensive side. I think the same thing can be said for Miles Jack to Devin Bush because Devin Bush is now seeing a guy like Miles Jack, right? Mm -hmm. We understand, you know, the history and his start in the NFL and what he had to overcome, I think that's an inspiration for Devin to kind of get that out of his head, right? You are you are more than just your previous injury. You can actually get something accomplished, and you could be better because of it. And he's like, just follow me. Watch me and do what I do, and you'll be all right. And he's starting to follow that lead. You know, I that's, that's well said because, it, to me, just watching Devin, Devin just seems to be more aggressive. We see – him, uh, you know, making his his downhill bangs sooner. It, 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 I don't know. Just everything that I've seen since Miles Jack has arrived seems to be a positive uh, for a guy like Devin Bush, and I, I hope that that certainly continues because, you know, again, I go back to the pre knee injury Devin Bush, and oh man, he looked good. He to me, he was one of those guys that you, you can see why they call him a unicorn. You know, those physical attributes that are so unusual and so rarely found in in uh, you know in a player at that point in time uh you know what 
for trying to find somebody else to fulfill with that same sort of attributes is ex- exceedingly difficult. But it seemingly, Miles Jack is the answer. Yep. No, he's definitely been an answer in a bright spot on this defense thus far. And, you know, can't wait to see what he does moving forward. Um, all right. That's the show. If you miss any of it today, you know you can go download full episodes of all of our SNR podcast shows like The Drive, our show in the locker room with, with, uh, with Wolf and I, Steelers Blitz, Wes and Motes, of course, the Steelers Standard with Tom and Jacob, as well as many more. They're all available in the Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. And for Wolf, uh, I'm Max Starks. You've been in the locker room, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.